0: A very good morning. Um, this is Sibu Cecil. I just want to share something with you. Something that has been with me for some time. Um, I just hope it can it can get across um, um, with with much ease. And um, I I do believe it's 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 going to be as accurate as I want it to be. If you if you are hearing a noise, just ignore it. there's, there's a machine where I am. Which I can't really turn off, and it makes this 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 noise. But anyways, I want to speak on on a subject of Christ being, being being the center of God. Christ being the heartbeat of God. When I speak of the Christ, I speak of the Son. Um, they say you are the Son, you are the Christ, the Son of the Living God. Um, when when you actually read from the Book of Colossians, um which is interesting paul speaks of christ as the image of the invisible god he speaks of him as the firstborn over all creation i want to underline that he's the firstborn over all creation he says when you read about round about verse 16 of the first chapter he says that by him all things were created that are in heaven that are on earth visible invisible whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things, not some, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him, all things consist. Aha. Wow, what an anchor. What an anchor. What an anchor. That, that, that's who he is. That's what the sun is in first john we know that in the beginning we know how the the gospel introduces you know matthew mark Luke. i think introduces jesus as someone who was uh, born of a virgin woman etc how the holy spirit etc but then john gets another angle because he receives a revelation that the whole book of john is to prove that the christ was the son the son that jesus is the christ which is the son of god and Therefore, his introduction does not start when he is conceived in in, in Mary's womb. He speaks of him as, as the one who was from the beginning. He says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. This is the part that I want. All things, not some, all things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. Blessed be to the living God. It says, in him was life, and the life was the light of man. When we go right about 14, we then hear that this word that was there in the beginning became flesh. And John says, it dwelt among them, he, we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. I just want to go back to that one in Colossians, where it says... All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him, all things consist. This is such a beautiful verse. But anyways, where I want to take is is Genesis. I want to take you to a creation process that happened. But now, with the mindset that the epicenter, with the mindset that the heartbeat. Um, of the father is the Christ that nothing was created before the Bible says he was slain from the foundations of the world huh? slain from the foundation of the world but anyways we don't want to get into that let's just take it from Genesis chapter 2 we know the process etc but there, was, there came a time um, where God had to form men out of dust so verse 7 says God formed men of the dust of the ground and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The man that he formed became a living being. All right? Amen. And he says, um, 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 so he, he, he forms the man of dust. He breathes into his nostrils. The man becomes a living being. I want you to underline that a living being. The King James actually says, a living soul. The man becomes a living soul. This is before anything happened. This is just, this is, this is the last beat of creation, isn't it? So, God is clear with him that from verse 15, that um, he puts him in the garden of Eden. He says in verse 16, he commands the man, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day you shall eat of it, you shall surely die. Alright? Okay, we know what happened what happened this then happened the temptation what we call the fall of men but there are things that i want to draw you into now after the fall of men there's some curses that come to them isn't it um starting from the serpent going to the woman and one of the things that are being said to the woman um it says um it says to the woman i will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. This is a curse. This is as a result of a bad decision. But I'm not going to be a motivational speaker and start speaking about bad decisions. No. Let's stick to the context. You desire your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. This is a curse. The ruling over is a curse. Now, this is different from how we how the, the 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 relationship between the Christ and the church is portrayed. It's not necessarily a ruling over, you understand? But anyways these are things that are cursed, you know and um, to the man he tells him in verse nineteen, in the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, you shall till the you till you return. Now listen to this until you return to the ground for out of it you were taken For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Listen, this is as a result of them making, we call it a mistake, wrong choice. Anyways, but one of the things that then God does to prevent them from not achieving the the end result of the curses is to take them out of 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 the Garden of Eden where there was plentiful supply. And actually one of the important things he did in verse 22 was to guard the way to the tree of life. He says, and um, they had to protect the tree of life because he did not want man to put out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. This is as a result of the case, but that's not where I am. Let's go now. They have a family. We're told of Adam and Eve having sons, Cain and Abel. Cain killing Abel. And then this is where it becomes a bit interesting. After all that was done, the Lord set to Mark on Cain, lest anyone finding him should kill him. But verse 16, then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. And Cain knew his wife and she conceived and bore Enoch. Now, a lot of atheists and a lot of people who critique a lot of things will be overcritical about this. Oh, where did the wife come from? Don't overthink things. The reason we are told of Adam is because he forms part of the genealogy of Christ. Oh, man. Everything in scripture is pointing to the Christ. Everything in scripture is speaking of the heartbeat of God. So we are told of Adam and Eve simply because at the end of it all, the same Christ will be called the last Adam. I'm going to show you just now. So we are given an account of the first Adam so that we have an account of the last Adam. It does not mean that God didn't create other people. Of course it did. Come on, don't don't try and think and overthink this thing. Come on. Just just don't don't go there. You understand? But we are told of Adam because the genealogy of the Christ is gonna come from that one. You understand? So that when they say the last Adam, we understand. Oh, this is what it means. When there's comparison, we understand what's going to happen. I'm gonna show you a couple of things. Um that happened and um, in comparison with the Christ but because of time I might just limit that I wanted to go into Romans chapter 6 uh, from verse 12 but I'll, I'll then choose to go to first Corinthians 15 so that's what that's what I wanted you to understand um, don't let's not draw much on this but just just, just take the pointers that I've, I've drawn you out of the dust and everything that has happened etc etc but with that said let's not forget that the heartbeat, that everything that was created was created by him and for him. And everything that, that consists, consists because of him. Hallelujah. Um, so now, in 1 Corinthians 15, we actually get to understand what the gospel is all about. He says, Paul says to the Corinthians church, this is the last part I'm going to read. I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and which you stand by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. Okay. For I delivered to you first of all that which, was, which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That's powerful. According to the scriptures. Um, when Jesus resurrected, there were these two men who were having a conversation about him, but failed to recognize that this is the same man we're talking about, but later on he tells them that um, the whole scriptures this says he sat down with them and expounded from the whole from the whole scriptures, showing them <laughs> things concerning himself, which goes to the point of saying. The scriptures must speak about the Christ because it's all about that. Nothing consists without him. So he says to the, to, the, to the unbelieving, to the Pharisees and all, he says, you search the scriptures day and night, thinking that in them you'll find eternal life. Yet the very same scriptures that you're looking are speaking of me. Hallelujah. He says, even the same Moses that you worship and you, and you, you, you really can't get the, um, away from, he speaks of me. You understand? He, he, he speaks of me. So we need to understand that there's something that really gets God moving. Um, because once you shift away from this epicenter, once you reach away from this heartbeat, you're really making a noise um, um, you're really wasting your time. you need to be where, where God is and that's where the Christ is. Now listen I want to show you something interesting here. So let's let's skip this whole thing because um, um, it, will, it will take time, right? Yeah, let's take it from verse 20. First Corinthians 20, 15, 20 says, Now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive this has nothing to do with heaven or hell this has to do with life through one man came death he says through this one comes life but each one in his own order christ the first fruit, afterwards those who are christ at his coming right then comes the end then he delivers the kingdom etc um for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet Verse 26, the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. Okay, right. Now, I wanted to take you somewhere very interesting. He says, but someone was going to ask in verse 35, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? He says, you are foolish. What you saw is not made alive unless it dies. And what you saw, you do not... So that body that shall be but mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he pleases and to each seed its own body. Right? All flesh is not the same flesh, but there's one kind of flesh of man, another flesh for animals, another for fish and another for birds. He says there are also celestial bodies there. I'm actually reading the Bible now. It sounds like I'm reading a biology book. It says, there are are also celestial bodies and uh, terrestrial bodies, but the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the uh, terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differs from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption, which is decay. It is raised in incorruption, which is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown in natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. Verse 45. And so it is written, the first man, listen to this, this is where now it gets striking. This is where... It proves that no man can write this book. Listen to this. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last, Adam, became a living, a life-giving spirit. Now, he's quoting directly. Genesis 2, verse 7. We read it. Out of the ground, God formed man. He breathed into his nostrils, and that man became a living being. Right? Paul says, that man, before he fell, before things happened, before anything, he says, that man was a living being. But the last aider is a life-giving spirit. He's comparing the two. He says, listen, they, when, when you sow a body, it, it saw it natural, it comes spiritual. You know, he, when you sow a grain, God gives it a body and, it, it, you know, it is sown in dishonor. It comes back with with honor and glory and all of those things. He's now saying, the first man was a living being the second man the last man not even the second the last man is a life-giving spirit we need to understand these things he's not drawing from the fallen adam he's drawing from the so perfect adam the one that we call perfect oh he had done nothing look eve at that time was not there nothing had happened he's just formed him and says oh yeah, a living being he says that one that cannot be compared to the last adam who is a life given spirit. Let's continue. I want to show you something. It says, however, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. (laughs) The natural. And afterwards, the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, made of the dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. Uh, Oh no, brother, we need to go back to the first, you know, the Adam, that one that had not fallen. We need to go back to that time. We're not going back to that time, my brother. We can't go back there. He was a living being. He was a natural man. That's what they're saying here. He was a natural man. But this one, which is the Lord from heaven, the last Adam, He is not a natural, he's a spiritual being, he's heavenly. This one is of the earth, he's of the dust. He says, This one is earthy. Ah, man, let me let me continue this later. Sorry, I got this, I got interrupted. I don't even remember where I was, but um, it's clear that the first man became a living being, he says, The last man um a living a life-giving spirit and the king james says a quickening. to be honest i've I've lost track again but anyways let's go back to verse 46 of First corinthians 15. it says however the spiritual is not first but the natural and afterwards the spiritual the first man was of the earth made of the dust the second man the lord from heaven as was the man of dust so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. Right? Amen. And uh, for the first time, I wanted you to understand that there's nothing that we can draw, or there's nothing that you should be drawing from the first Adam. We should be drawing from, this, from the last Adam. And he says, And as we have borne the image of the man of the dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man now this is more futuristic Um, it first speaks of of this man being a living being and then speaks of this man being natural and being from the dust and being from air and then speaks of the last man being being a spiritual being and then says he has a spiritual um, or more of a heavenly um, portrait and he says yes um those some as was the man of the dust, so also are those who are made of dust, and as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly, so you cannot run away from the fact that you should consider yourself as a believer as heavenly, but then here comes the interesting part it says, we have partaken in the image of the man of the dust, meaning. We, we 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 partake in the likeness of the man of the dust we shall also bear in the likeness of the heavenly man what exactly is he talking about here now which is very interesting what is it that we 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 what is it that we still hold that comes from adam that we need to hold we need to let go and then look towards um move towards looking or or or, or 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 being in the likeness or bearing the image the heavenly man now he says verse 50 now i say this um that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of god nor does corruption inherit incorruption behold i tell you a mystery we shall all not die we shall not all die but we shall all be changed hallelujah says it will happen in a twinkle of an eye Um, trumpet will sound the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed for the corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality so then so when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory O death where is your sting Oh, hates where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. That's just another, that's another, that's another, another awesome stuff right there. Um, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Hallelujah. Who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So if you're going to read maybe from verse 54 and not read verse 57, you'll have a mistake because verse 54 says, when the corruptible puts on incorruption when the mortal puts on immortality then shall be brought to pass the saying which says death is swallowed up in victory Hmm? oh death where is your sting oh hate where is your victory he says but thanks be to god who gives us the victory not who will give who gives us the victory through our lord jesus christ He says verse 58 therefore my brethren be steadfast immovable always abounding in the work of the lord knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Amen. These are passages of scripture, not really scriptures, but letters that many people shy away from reading. And I read it with, with understanding that there might be a few issues that someone may be, Ugh, that doesn't make sense. But I just wanted to let you know that when God created Adam in, in the garden of Eden, out of dust, he breathed into his nostrils, the man became a living soul. God is saying there's so much better than that. You cannot be saying, oh, I wish I could go. No, no, we're not going back. The last Adam is a life-giving spirit. That's what we're looking for. When God, when, when Jesus came on earth, he was a life-giving spirit. He's not, he wasn't a living being. He wasn't a living soul. He was a life-giving spirit. And that's what we're looking for. And He says, as we have born the image of the one who's earthly, which is Adam. He calls him natural. He calls him a living being. He says, we shall bear the image of the heavenly one, the one who's a quickening spirit. Hallelujah. And he says, there's a mystery that I need to tell you, a secret that people do not know. Not everyone is going to die. (laughs) What? But we shall all be changed. The dead who have seen corruption, who have perished, will get a body that is imperishable. He says, the mortal who will be alive, they will get a body which is called immortal. Immortality. It's there. We read it. And then he says, now, when that happens, the saying that says death is swallowed up in victory will come to pass. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Guys, I just wanted to show you how the Christ is such a center. And every time we reference God and we want to really want to to understand it has to be centered around the christ i was just trying to show you that there's nothing you can draw from adam and all that happened that doesn't point you to the last adam which is jesus christ anyways um let me read to you maybe something more that will make more resonate a bit more you know than than this um new king james Version. let's do this Let's read it from the New King James Version. Just, I'm just going to highlight a few things so that you, you you understand in Romans chapter 5. It says, just as though one man, through one man, sorry, sin entered the world, and death through sin. So these things were not in in, 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 the plan, in the plan, they were not in line. So sin entered and death entered through sin. It says, death spread to all men because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. So ugh, this will need a more explaining and more time, but I just wanted to show you something interesting. It says, nevertheless, verse 14, death reigned from Adam to Moses even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. That's where I wanted to take you. He says, nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. Hallelujah. So he says, Adam is a type of him who was to come which is the Christ. So every time we see Adam, we must reference, we must see the end result. And that's the Christ. And that's the son. And that's, that's where we need to be going for. People always say, oh, I wish to go back to Eden. My brother, I don't wish to go back to Eden any day. I want to be found in Christ. I want to be found in the heavenly man, the one who's a life-giving spirit. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen.